Hello, church family. It's good to be with you today through the video. Uh, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19 uh, together. Uh, and we looked at Paul's prayer. Uh, Paul takes some time here to pray specifically for this church. After all that he's been talking to them about in chapters 1, 2, and then all of 3, pretty much, what it does, it's interesting, in verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father. And so telling them all these great truths about God and what it means to be in Christ and what God has done for them all the way back in chapter 1 about how God had chosen them and elected them and saved them by His grace and did all this work for them, we see that this drives Paul to prayer. Speaking of the great mystery of the Jews and the Gentiles being brought together in Christ drives Paul to, to prayer, to his knees and so we wanted to take some time to examine this prayer of what, you know, what is the prayer then that he is praying to God for this church on behalf of this church. Paul knows that he has the privilege to be able to pray for other people. And we still have that privilege today. God has given us that privilege as his children to be able to go to him, to seek his face and to pray. And, and so Maybe the question then as we go to this section is, you know, how can we emulate Paul's prayer life? Not necessarily his prayer specifically, but how does he pray? What is he doing here that maybe we need to, to learn from or something that we could learn from it? And so we took the time Sunday to break his prayer down. And really it was broken down in quite a few uh, sections uh, first was uh, he prayed that their inner being would be strengthened according to the riches of his glory, of God's glory. He asked that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, that they'd be rooted and grounded in love, and specifically in the love of God for us, not us to him, but the fact that he would love us and send his son for us. Uh, strength to comprehend the breadth, length, height, and depth of Christ's love, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, and then he finishes off with praise that we would be filled with the fullness, filled with the fullness of God. If we're going to look at that together this morning in the video, there's a lot there, really. There's a lot of rich um, sentences, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of meat, I guess you would say, <laughs> in these, in these sections. And so first let's talk maybe just briefly, Paul prays specifically for the inner man. What is he referring to there? Do you guys think um, that he has to say it in that way, inner man? The inner man, I'm assuming, is uh, is contrasted with the outer man. So it's talking about the uh, the new spiritual self. Um, uh, while this body is fading away, but the the new creation that we are mm -hmm. that you can't necessarily see right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Christ, yeah, in us. And so it's interesting, you have this church then who is probably young, not young age-wise, like everyone in it's young, right. but young as in the church probably hadn't been around that long right. at this point. Uh, there are new believers being added to the church. The church is being added to, God is working. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in a town that is a difficult town to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's not welcomed that you're a Christian in this town. He's talking mostly, if not all, to Gentile Christians who mm -hmm. already, you could say, have a step behind yeah. the Jewish people who would have known the Old Testament and all these other things. Uh, and they're in a town that's very religious, that has uh, the temple there, 
um, one of the seven wonders of the world, so they know that. There's a lot of worship going on there. But it's also a pagan, it's a pagan place with pagan practices uh, that are happening. Um, and we also see in Acts that there was a push against that church. Like there was a problem. This town had a problem with this church because of right. what God was doing in it. Um, so when, when trying to pray for this congregation, why does, I mean, Paul goes straight to the spiritual side, to the inner man for mm-hmm. that to be strengthened. Why wouldn't he pray, you know, God help their witness in the town mm-hmm. so that more people will come to know you or uh, comfort them from the persecution that they're facing, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever else. There, there's a lot of other areas that sure. Paul could go. I don't know how their finances were, you know, I don't know all these different things. <laughs> right. A lot of other areas Paul could go, but when Paul wants to pray, and he just uses a few verses here, he talks about the hmm. inner man and that they would be strengthened according to the riches of his of his glories. What is that? I guess what is that showing us? Why would God? Like, like we were saying earlier, inspire this for Paul to pen for us. Mm-hmm. What's important for us to see in this? Yeah, I think the inner man is reflected in the outer man, if I can say it that way. Uh, so what's going on inside of you spiritually usually is reflected in what you think and therefore reflected in what you're saying and talking about. Um, and in Romans 7, this is kind of what where my mind went. And this is Paul speaking. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. So that's the inner man, and and he's going to describe a battle here. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And I think the inner man, it's... it's that struggle between our flesh and Christ and the Holy Spirit who dwells in us mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the real battle is taking place. And everything, um, uh, you know, later on, uh, he prays for, you know, knowledge, more knowledge of uh, uh, living in love uh, from Ephesians. And, you know, at, as Christ works in us, like that is growing and growing and growing, and therefore the 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 flesh should be dying and dying and dying. Mm-hmm. Is that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like there's there's this very much an inner battle, and I think the inner battle uh, is reflective in kind of our actions and our in our thoughts and our behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a realistic thing too that we just have to get past as people to under or not get past, but just to grasp and to hold of. Our outer man is is wasting away. That's what it yeah. says in, in Scripture. And Paul reminds us, I read this on Sunday, 2 Corinthians 4.16. He says, so we do not lose heart. Why? Because through our outer, though our outer self is wasting mm-hmm. away, our inner self is being renewed day by yeah. day. Yeah. And I think this is the point that we need to get to as Christians mm-hmm. is to understand and just accept this reality. The outer self is wasting away, mm-hmm. and it's not a fun process. Something wasting away isn't a joyful experience. <laughs> no. It is hard and it is difficult as the body breaks down. And that's what's going to happen as you, yeah. as you go through life, there's going to be aches and pains. There's going to be hurt. Even the outer self. I mean, you could even add, there's going to be calamity in your life. Mm-hmm. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be death. You're going to see yeah. all, I mean, there's going to be all kinds of things that are very difficult, but we need to grasp that. But also to understand as Christians, though our outer self is wasting away day by day, we are being renewed 
and our inner man and mm-hmm. strengthened right. by the Spirit. And that's what Paul's praying for, I think, for this church in this section. Yep. He's praying, let their inner man be strengthened by the riches of your glory, because this is what enables us mm-hmm. to do what Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9 about running the race. Like we can run that race yeah. because yes, we're hurting. Yes, we're struggling, but inside is being renewed mm-hmm. day by day. And so yep. I can keep going even yeah. with all the hurts, mm-hmm. you know, even with all the struggles or to use another analogy that he uses in Romans 12. No, no, not is it Romans 12 or Hebrews 12 uh, about the feeble knees, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and it says, strengthen those feeble knees, right? Stand upright, mm-hmm. do this. How do you do that? It's not a physical thing. Yeah. It's right. your inner man being strengthened yeah. that enables you to be able to do that mm-hmm. stuff. And that really is the key for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, every time I pray and ask God to heal me, it's not going to happen. Right. It's just not going to happen. And But what God's Word tells me is when I pray and ask Him to strengthen my inner man, According to his word, the spirit actually does that work. Oh, absolutely. The spirit yeah. will do that work yeah. as I, you know, am in his word and I'm, you know, just that as that is happening, mm-hmm. God does that work in our, in our lives and in our hearts. And so the first place he goes is, is to the mm-hmm. inner man. You want to define riches of his glory? It's uh, a tough one. A, <laughs> no, I think no, it's I, a hard one. <laughs> I mean, uh, Paul uses that phrase a lot. Yeah, redemption mm-hmm. according to the riches. Um, Paul says that he want this whole point here is to show to preach the riches, mm-hmm. um, the indescribable riches mm-hmm. or unsearchable riches. Um, this is really the way. Do you want to define the indescribable riches? This is. I'm going to say. I'm going to say this is the indescribable weight of glory that God's going to dump upon us. Yeah. Yeah. And is doing in Christ Jesus. And um, uh, according to the riches of his glory, Paul Paul has already described how that happened. Yeah. He's been described. And so he's talked about Paul really is just unpacking. What happened in Matthew 26 through 28? Mm-hmm. Whenever Christ died, when he suffered, whenever he went into the grave, when he came out of the grave, <laughs> when he ascended, this is what you got. And that he's unpacking for us a big commentary upon why that matters. And so being strengthened with might, notice again the Trinitarian nature, the pray to the Father mm-hmm. of our Lord Jesus Christ that the Spirit would give. Yep. So being strengthened with might, Paul has already connected that, the strengthening part to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we, the Christian life is this double dynamic. On the one hand, the old Spencer Snow is being has been killed mm. and is being killed. Mm-hmm. And we should realize that God has resolved he's going to kill us. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. That's what our baptism is about. Right. Our baptism is symbolic that the old us has been killed and is dying in this life, <clears throat> but he's making a new us in Jesus Christ. So there's the dynamic of death, resurrection, mortification, vivic- they call it vivification, yeah. putting yeah. off, putting on. Putting on yeah. Um, and so that's what's happening here is being strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is where 
he's asking that the, the power of the resurrection would be experienced, not simply, which we will in the future fully, but right now, um, to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit um, in, the, in the inner man, in the new you, in the one that is that you, you have been ripped out of Adam and put into Jesus Christ, into the new Adam, the one new man. And so he's praying that God would do this. It's also very important. Notice the passive that you to be strengthened mm-hmm. because as <clears throat> sinners, we approach this passage sometimes and we'll take every passage, even the promises and turn them into law. But he's asking not that we would strengthen ourselves, but that God, the father through Jesus Christ by the spirit would strengthen us. Mm-hmm. So it's a passive thing we receive. These are all gifts that he would grant you, that he would give to you these things. And so um, that God would, would change our hearts and, and help us to experience the, the power of the resurrection even now. Glory is one of those hard words to explain. As mm-hmm. we're going to get to in, as well, We talk. Paul talks about later in this prayer, just that people could understand the height, the length, the breadth, the depth. Yeah. Glory is one of those words that I think wraps all those up, and mm-hmm. it's really hard. Mm-hmm. But we see, we see little instances of it, I think, in Scripture when God reveals his glory like on the Mount of Transfiguration mm-hmm. yeah. or, or to Moses mm-hmm. or yeah. to Isaiah in the yeah. temple. Yeah. And you just see, we don't, we don't get like a, the perfect description of what that is. The, the writers try to do that, but we do get really good responses <laughs> from the people. Isaiah doesn't know what to do. He's right. freaking yeah. out. <laughs> Moses, all of a sudden, his face shines right. everywhere right. all the time that they got to right. cover his face right. just because of right. God's glory right. was shown to him. You know, right. And and the disciples were just hey, let's build three tents we here. Need to, <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter, hang on, let's set this up a notch. Uh, yeah. By the way, only yes. listen to one of these guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So I mean, trying to think about, it, but that is given to us, right? And God uses His glory to strengthen, yeah. to strengthen us through the riches of His glory. Paul's yeah. trying to encapsulate that word riches, you know. Riches of his glory just takes everything about God. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I tried to explain it Sunday about saying, you know, we think about, you know, God's power, God's yes. might. We think about all this stuff, but yes. wrapped up in his glory also is mercy and yeah, patience yeah, yeah, yeah. and long suffering. Yeah. All that's all that just being put together, yep. right. given to us. Yep. Right. And it, it's what leads to the next section yep. about that Christ may dwell in your hearts fully by yeah. right by faith that Christ yeah. is, is dwelling mm-hmm. there. Uh, one of the questions that I asked and I tried my best to answer, I don't I don't know if you guys have a great answer for this or not, but why is Paul praying that Christ would dwell in the hearts of believers if he already does? Like why <laughs> should I be praying like should we be praying that Christ would dwell in the hearts of our people if he already if he already is? I tried to answer <laughs> that already. I mean in the sermon mm-hmm. which I can reiterate, but I didn't know right. if you guys had any thoughts on that. No, I think that, that I think you did a good job. I mean, of course, yeah, Paul already believes that. Right. Um, he says already, you're the temple yeah. of the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God's already dwelling in you. So mm-hmm. no, you did a good job, I think, of of saying that this is just for continued yeah. dwelling, yeah. continued yeah. sustaining, persevering. For us to grasp that more and have a continued longing for that relationship mm-hmm. with him to grow and to, and to mature, which we talked about more later as well as we get to the, again, the breadth, the height, all that stuff is... Um, Within the church body, you have people who are, I guess I'll use this language, on different levels in their relationship with the Lord, if that makes sense. 
we are saved by grace or, you know, we have eternal mm-hmm. life. We have all these promises. Glorification is a promise. Like we have all these things, but there are, there are Christians here who've been Christians for 40 years and it's been a for, it's been a, a faithful 40 years is what I would call it mm-hmm. of, of growing and maturing in the Lord and a, of repenting of sin and doing all this stuff. And, and so when you get to talk to those types of people and their relationship with God, the love that they have for the Lord seems to be a little different than the person who is two weeks into their relationship with okay. the Lord being saved. Mm-hmm. The person who's two weeks in, they love the Lord, right? And they have a passion for the Lord. But there's just this difference, it seems, in understanding mm-hmm. or in depth of love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening, That what Paul's really talking sure. about here, about Christ dwelling in your hearts. So you're not saying that there's like tears of elitism no, in Christianity. Yeah. But you're saying, uh, uh, maybe if I can put it this way, in a relationship, uh, the more you are in the relationship, the longer you are in the relationship, the more trust and the more love you develop for that person in the relationship. Yeah, it can be. And it's not even just time because, I mean, sadly, I think there are some people who've been Christians for 50 years. Sure. But they're still babes in Christ. Sure. Like they haven't grown. They haven't. That relationship hasn't developed much. Right. Uh, but I can meet someone who's maybe three years into their relationship with Christ and they seem to just right. really be growing and mm-hmm. have a grasp of things. Right. Sure. Um, and John, the Apostle John does that in his epistle. Mm-hmm. First epistle, I pray for you fathers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Young men, mm-hmm. children. Seems to be addressing different maturity levels mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. The, the family of God. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's smart for us as Christians to notice that because mm-hmm. those are people that we can learn from. But also then we recognize people that maybe we need to help um, disciple, you know, mm-hmm. in the discipleship process sure. to help sure. train, to sure. help equip, mm-hmm. uh, to see. And, and so having a realistic understanding of your relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord that I'm not at the mountaintop. There's still a lot of growing that needs to be done. And, and I think it shows a maturity to recognize in somebody, I'd like to learn from them because mm-hmm. they seem to grasp some things right. that I don't, not sure. even intellectually necessarily, mm-hmm. but Look at how they hold their tongue, yeah. You know, or look at how they yeah. respond to their wife here or their th- these situations. I I need to learn from them, yeah, because God is working in their life. There, there's a maturity level to be able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. I think and mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. And, Absolutely, and yeah, and we see that in Scripture that we can learn from these people. Well, well, Paul says that Christ may dwell in your hearts, but he says all of this should be rooted and grounded in love. Mm-hmm. And the key there, maybe we don't have to stay on this too long, but the key there is understanding. My love for him isn't what roots and grounds me mm-hmm. in my relationship with God. What roots and grounds me is his love for for me. Yeah. And that's what Paul is talking about. And so when we think about the cross, when we think about Christ on the cross, mm-hmm. this is his love being displayed for us, that he would send his son to die yep. in my place. And so <clears throat> I think that's important for us to understand when we mm-hmm. when we read this passage is that my relationship doesn't hinge on my love. Yep. My relationship hinges on the love that has already been shown mm-hmm. yep. shown to me and mm-hmm. is continually shown to me. <clears throat> After that is when Paul gets into the strength to comprehend the breadth, length, the height, the depth of Christ's love, uh, which uh, I keep trying to, I don't know, maybe I'm weaseling out when preaching and giving me an out, but I'm like, this is why preaching is so hard to me. Of trying to explain these great truths. Well, that's why Paul uses those words. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, to be honest. 
Yeah, the dimensions. <laughs> and in my own weak little mind, I I tried to picture it as a mountain, you know, of trying to scale this mountain of God's of God's love and trying to mm-hmm. and how he God puts us on this I don't always like this language that people use, but like this journey with him. I don't know if that's the right word, but you mm-hmm. know, he saves us by his grace and we we have this relationship with him and I really do think scripture talks about how it's a relationship that is going to be eternal. I really don't think that when we die and when, when Christ returns and the resurrection happens, that all of a sudden all Christians become all-knowing. We don't we get that omniscience like no, that's God. A, that's a divine no. quality. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes people think that. Like one day we'll know all this stuff. I think I really think in heaven will be a continually learn, continued yeah. learning process. Absolutely. Of growing in him and knowing yeah. about him. Yep. And what is pretty cool about it is that actually starts like for me it started when god saved me a long mm-hmm. time ago and i'm already on that journey i hope right. i hope it's not as uh bumpy in heaven uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but <clears throat> i think that i think that's a pretty cool thing to think about mm-hmm. uh that we'll we'll continually getting to to grasp him more and more and more and and it feels like it would run out but it's never going to run out. It's yeah. going to be a, an eternal, yep. nonstop thing. And our task on this earth as pastors, as teachers, but also as Christians, is to share this love with other people mm-hmm. and to share it with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a hard thing to do, and we don't even fully grasp it 100%. You know, and that's why we're not perfect at it. That's why we, that's why we struggle at it. Yeah. But, but Paul tells us, or is praying, for us here mm-hmm. saying help us to understand this and then he says to know the love of christ that surpasses knowledge which we've already kind mm-hmm. of talked about but that that to know you know to really know him not just intellectually but in all facets you know know him spiritually know him emotionally know him yes mentally but to know him so that i'm my full mm-hmm. trust is in him and again this prayer and you guys maybe speak it. This prayer seems to be focused on aligning Christians to God and His Word and the truths of how He's revealed Himself. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a reason that Paul is praying this way? About aligning Christians with God's will? Yeah, it seems like this prayer is full focus. Like it's been on the inner man. It's been on strength mm-hmm. to comprehend these mm-hmm. things. It's been on Christ dwelling in our hearts. Like it's all these it's it's not it hasn't been anything yet like material wise it hasn't been anything outside it's mm-hmm. been all this keep them focused on you god and who you are and yeah. the only way we know god and who he is is through his word so mm-hmm. it seems to be completely focused on keep them focused on your word yeah i think yeah he says that they may be able to comprehend and earlier paul says in verse 18 of chapter 1 the eyes of your he asks he's praying mm-hmm. this is again paul keeps praying yeah. the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance Which is- in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe um and then to know really it's it's paul says in philippians 3 he wants to know christ mm-hmm. So for Paul, that is experiencing, receiving the love of Christ. And I, that's, a, that's a comprehensive uh, gift you get um, 
I think, from Paul's understanding, because he's connecting it to the resurrection of the dead. To really fully get to experience the full riches, Paul is saying that by, because he says that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection for the dead. To, for Paul, to know the love of Christ, then to know Christ's love for me involves, is caps, ca- is uh, really, is going to be capped by the resurrection from the dead. I don't know that we often think about that. Hmm. We often think about like what you're saying is, oh, I want God to resuscitate all these earthly blessings for me here. But for Paul to really, to know the love of Christ doesn't mean, I don't think it's primarily, he's, he's saying, I want, he says, I want Christ's love to be made known to you that you would fully know it the way that I'm hoping to fully know it, hmm. which is not only to be made right here and now with God, to not only now be sanctified, but to ultimately one day to be raised from the dead and to be made like he is, and that where he is, we will be also, and mm-hmm. for the new world. So I think um, that is what he he wants. Um, and I love the fact, too, he says at the very end, Oh yeah, in order that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm just gonna throw that in there. <laughs> Being filled with the, the fullness full, of God. be filled. I mean, <laughs> be filled with the fullness mm-hmm. of God. So I think, yeah, Paul is wanting them to comprehend and to pray. But ultimately, I think he's he's looking forward to not only the present enjoyment of these benefits, but this is a prayer that's going to apply for all eternity, mm-hmm. and uh, that you may know the love of Christ. Christ is not simply died for us, but He's also going to come back to pull us up from the grave mm-hmm. finally. And that's what, and that's what, that's a wonderful blessing mm-hmm. that we can. And that's why I think we talked before <clears throat> though about how we need to, our prayers need to be prayed as though there is a resurrection to come. Mm-hmm. And if our prayers are fully invested in, we do believe God gives us our daily bread and cares for our physical needs here. And we should bring those to the Lord. But if w- that's all we're praying for, we, we, we may be tempted to slip into forgetting that there's a resurrection to come mm-hmm. and to pray for that as well and to yeah. look forward to those blessings I, I mean, in you're light saying of that. It more polite than me. I wouldn't oh. say you may, we may slip. <laughs> I think we see evidence that we slip in that all the time. We actually, we might even live in that. We, yeah. swim, we swim in that. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's the problem. I think we think too highly of ourselves. Yeah. And this is going to sound crazy, but we actually think we know what we need. Yeah. And we don't. We don't know what we need. So my example would be, of course, if I if I were to walk out here and I break my leg, I'm going to pray and ask God to heal my leg. I'm going to ask God to take the pain away because I think that's what I need. I really think that that's what I need in that moment. Mm-hmm. And if and most people are going to agree with me. Right. They're going to say, yeah, that is what you need. But in fact, I don't know that 100%. And right. God knows actually what I what I need. And I would say above me being healed of my leg, being broken and the pain going away, what I need is I need to be completely filled with the fullness of God. Yeah. I need, I need these things more. And I might, again, in my mentality, I might say, but that's not going to happen until this pain is gone. Cause this is the only thing I can think about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But God knows what I really need mm-hmm. in so often in our prayer lives, it becomes very selfishly right. motivated right. to where I'm almost telling God, God, this is the stuff I need. And if you really love me, you're going to notice well, that. And also, it's not simply selfish. 
we don't it's like you're cheating yourself yeah yeah it's also <laughs> paul, is saying, paul is saying the unsearchable riches are not those things yes mm-hmm. there's right. something better mm-hmm. and i think that's also another way to look at it is I'm praying below my privileges. Yeah, yeah. I am asking less than the Lord, because God says Mm -hmm. uh, in one of the Psalms, 80 or 81, open your mouth and I would fill it. Yeah. The problem isn't with me. It's with the fact that you want a bunch of junk. Yeah. I'm hungry and And I keep keep asking for tree bark. (laughs) Right. And God God is trying to give me the best food there is ever. Open your mouth. No, you're right. I have already given you, my son. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul is trying to say. The riches here that I'm going to unpack. Because remember, Ephesus was was pagan religiously, but it was also very economic, economically connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So making big money. We see that with the silversmiths, right? right? Uh In, in, Uh In Acts was connected to Ephesus. And so you don't those are not the unsearchable riches that I'm here to offer you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to offer you the unsearchable riches of his glory and mm-hmm. of his grace. Yeah. And I want you to know those things. Mm-hmm. I want you to pray for those things. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important. That's why Jesus, you know, the disciples heard Jesus pray and they said, well teach us to pray. Well pray like this. Um and and we would do better to follow that. And really also um I think I've heard it said we don't have a right. This goes, but we don't really have a right to ask for anything that God has not promised. Mm-hmm. We don't pray in order to activate God mm-hmm. to do something. It's because God knows it all and has promised us these things yeah. that we now pray mm-hmm. in light of them, and we get so much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we get so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we, I think that whenever we do that, our prayer lives, God is doing that to align us, not so that we can see how stingy he is and just how he wants us to grit through this life. There is a, but, but really because God is saying, I have blessings in store that are not the kind that you think you need. Yeah. And, and I'm ready to, and I'm, I have dumped them out on you in Christ. Yeah. I am I am dumping them out upon you, and I will finally continue to dump them out upon you at the resurrection. Yeah. The very so, best thing for us is to glory in him, right? Yeah. Is to worship him, is yeah. to be yeah. focused on him. And it's hard for us it's hard for us to accept that, I think, at times, just because of how selfish we are, how in tune we are to just us yep. and our things. And so for uh, for us to hear from God's word, God say, the best thing for you is to worship me and to glorify me forever. We instantly think you're the selfish one, and you're sitting here telling me not to be selfish. Sure. You're the selfish one, but God is all knowing. All like that is the best thing, and so at, for Christians, the best thing for us is to understand that mm-hmm. and to and to use our prayer life in that way of aligning to Him mm-hmm. to learn from Paul here and to align from him. I don't know why I started doing this, but this was a long time ago. I, I think it was when I was in high school. I don't know if I heard it from a preacher or whatever, but I remember starting to pray, God help my desires to be your desires mm-hmm. in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And and when I was younger, I think it was more like, I just want to do your will with what job you want me to do and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Sure. But as I've gotten older and I think understand more, that really still is a prayer of my heart mm-hmm. because of, of stuff like this. Yeah. God, I'm, I seem to be so ignorant even in my prayer life mm-hmm. that I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. Just help me to want the things I should want, right? And help me yeah. to desire the things I should 
desire yeah. because I, according to your word, that is what is best for me, right? And that might be even selfish in itself because I'm praying what's best for me, mm-hmm. but God seems to care about me. Yeah. He sent his son to die for me. I see Paul praying <laughs> for this church, right. but this is a prayer for me. I see Jesus himself pray for me, right? Right. We see a prayer yep. there. Yep. Um, and so God actually does want what's best for me. And what is best for me is to be aligned to him, is to be right. focused on him and to understand what you were saying, Spencer, yeah, right. about all these promises well, are mine and through Christ. Mm-hmm. And also there's an indirect way in which Paul here includes us in this prayer because he says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that, you know, yeah. honest, you, no, right. you, you, in an indirect way, Paul was praying for you as well, or lumping yeah. you in with this prayer. Paul was praying mm-hmm. that we as well, along with all the saints, would be able to comprehend this yeah. love, mm-hmm. to know this love, to know the riches. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's this, this is the prosperity gospel. <laughs> the real one. This is the real one. Yeah, yeah. The real pro. The, the, the co- in a good way. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> Kenneth Copeland and all these guys, they're just climbing the dunghill. Yeah, they're wasting. Yeah, <laughs> they're, you're that's right. all you're it right. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ has died and yeah. risen, yeah. and mm-hmm. this is what we get yeah. to know mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing about glorifying God and enjoying Him forever. God has given us the promise, I'm your God. Yeah. It's not simply that you get all this stuff. You get me. Mm-hmm. I'm yours. And I mentioned boy. that in the sermon too. You know, we think about, oh, I get eternal life. I don't right. have to go to hell. But right. it's like, no, you get Jesus. Right. Like fully, mm-hmm. right. you get Christ. Well, and that's and I, the theologians of the past, and I don't know this very well, but I think they would talk about, you know, the beatific vision. Mm-hmm. The final vision, well, the promise of uh, the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They shall see God. Yeah understand who yeah. he is. I mean, that's that's the goal of the Christian life. Right, right. It's to see God. Mm-hmm. I was glad yesterday after I got done preaching, I went down and we were singing that. Uh, a Christian's daily prayer. However this works. How, yeah, we were singing mm-hmm. that song. And, you know, I started to think about in Romans 8 about how the Holy Spirit prays for us. And I felt it was good to be able to read that to our congregation at the end. Because mm-hmm. after, I know for me, after studying this, you just think, gosh, I'm, I'm so dumb. I can't even pray. <laughs> I can't even pray for myself. Like, you know, or, or for me, I don't even spend the time to pray. Right. Like I, yeah. I'm just doing, doing, doing. Yeah. I don't spend the time to yeah. pray and focus. And yeah. like, I'd listen to a podcast that same week about pastors and raising their kids, you know, and you hear these pastors talking about how praying for their kids. And I'm like, gosh, I even fail in that. You know, I, and if you really love your kids, you're going to be praying for them. It's like, I don't even love my kids apparently <laughs> and all this, but I was just really glad that yeah. I felt like God reminded me of yeah. that passage of just mm-hmm. saying, you know, you're sitting there praying to me and <laughs> that's good, but I've, I've already, there's a way I'm praying for you too. Yeah. Yeah. The right. spirit is praying for right. you yes. for yeah. what you actually need. And I can completely interpret what the spirit is yeah. saying. Yeah. I know exactly <laughs> everything. Interprets our groanings. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, right. and so I got that under control. Don't, you know, yeah. don't worry about that. Like yeah. for me, Reading that was good for me mm-hmm. to just be reminded of that. And I hope it was good for other others to hear that too. Right. Yeah. It's like God even has us here. Like we're, we're, we're okay. Let's keep growing. Yeah. Let's try to do better. Obviously yep. that's mm-hmm. what we try to do, but 
God has that covered right. as well. Yeah. That's how good he is yep. to us. Like he's even praying for us, which yeah. doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we could pray perfectly, he wouldn't have needed to send Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. 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 So, well, that's a good section. We're actually going to be out of Ephesians for a while. We're starting a Psalm series. Pastor Spencer is going to be preaching on Sunday because I'll be away at youth camp. So I think he said Psalm 51 that's the goal. is where he'll be, which is an awesome He's picking the ripe fruit is what he's doing inside. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere, and that's like the low-hanging, you know, I'm going to oh pick God. this one. Okay. But Psalm 51. Also, be... that was Dick Butkus' number. Oh, right? there you 51, go. 51, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And you were a big yeah. Dick Butkus fan. No. I mean, I kind of like watching the old videos. Of it, okay. but, but yeah, right. Go ahead. Sorry. And then I think the next week I'm doing Psalm 72, and then we're going to do Psalms for a little bit. And then if I'm correct. Surfing in the Psalms for the summer. Surfing in the Psalms. I like that. Uh, and then if I'm correct, we're stopping the Psalms in August, and we're doing Jonah in August. Yeah. And then in for September, we're picking Ephesians back yep. up, and sure. we'll finish it before yep. Christmas. Christmas. Christmas yep. time. So that's the that's the plan. So we're looking forward to it. Thanks for watching the video today. Hope you have a blessed week. God bless.